Why did I write down 2104? Oh, that's the year that it's set in. There you go. <laughs> that's going in the edit. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today, we're going to be discussing a game called Soma. In the spoiler-free section, let's discuss a bit about the game in general. It's going to be hard. Is it, though? Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, without giving anything away, yeah. Let's talk about some of the stats from the Steam page. So it is $30 at its base, which is, I think, a bit steep. Do you agree, or do you feel like it's well worth that? I got about 12 hours out of this on my first playthrough. Maybe a little bit steep. It's one of those indie AAAs, I guess. Is it, though? I'm not going to jump into that just yet. Both developer and publisher Frictional Games, overwhelmingly positive, with over 14,000 reviews. I'd agree. That says something. It's a great game. Yeah, I I disagree. <sighs> Again, man, Jesus. I didn't really enjoy it. Ah, oh, Justin, come on, man. No, I'm being dead serious. That's why I didn't want to talk to you about it until today because uh, I didn't want to to spoil that. But yeah, it's... all right, I'm going home. Oh wait, I am home. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna try and kick me out. Now. No, I didn't really. Uh. All right, well, here we go. It's going to be a long episode. It is. This game has two modes, a safe and a normal version. In the normal version, I guess the monsters kill you. Yeah, they they kind of kill you and they send you back to a respawn point at your last save, I think. I don't know, because I'm too much of a coward to play it in normal mode. But you told me there's a story behind this safety mode, right? Yeah, the safety mode, I can't remember what it was called. It was called like the puppy mode or the little kittens mode or something. It was a, it was a mod made by the community who were like, look, the story is great. I don't like stealth games. I just want to go through the story. I'm not interested in the stealth mechanics. They made a mod and the developers liked it so much that they included it in the game. And so the mod became kind of obsolete. And now you can't even download it anymore because, well, it's not needed. They put it in the game. And I like that. I wrote down some stuff about that. There's a new game, like all all the kind of Dark Souls games where it's like difficulty is king and things like that. It's like they pride themselves on how hard their games are. There's a new game called Sekiro that's just come out recently. And there's no difficulty setting. It's all just the difficulty at which the game is meant to be played or what what the creators think it should be played at. And for me, that's a big kind of turnoff. I like the fact that they've, they're looking at not just game kind of graphics as art, but game mechanics as, as art. It's part of the experience. And they're like, no, this is, this is how the game has to be played. If you don't like it, then too bad. I'm kind of yeah, in two minds about that. I don't know if I would pick that game up because it's got that difficulty mode. But because Soma has the choice now, I'm much more happy just to play through the story and... Uh, not be afraid of monsters all the time. So, yeah. That's maybe a conversation for another another time. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the game, so I'm not sure how to recommend it. How would you recommend it? Uh, First off, I wouldn't recommend it as a puzzle game. Yeah, no. There's a lot more I'll get into that in the spoiler section, but that I found very disappointing because of that I was expecting. Yeah, it's like a first-person exploration horror game in a sense. I mean, it's made by the same guys that did Amnesia. Amnesia was a terribly scary game and this is not as scary, but it's definitely, it's got some tense moments. Yeah, an existential horror first person exploration game, I would say. And not, not some, I, I agree with you on that. It's not really a puzzle game. It's not really for me, but 
there are 14,000 people that thought it was great. Yeah, you're wrong, man. You're wrong. <laughs> Not sure that I am. We'll get into that in the spoiler section, which I think it's probably time to get into. So if what Darren has said makes you want to play it, great. Jump in. Personally, I wouldn't recommend it. And I, I have a big reason why, but I can't really say it probably till we get to the spoiler section. So my opinion would be buy it at your own risk. And speaking of risk, time for the spoiler section. Okay, you ready? Yeah. This game's a walking simulator. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This game, and there's another game called Conarium, which I reviewed and I likened it to a walking sim. And some people were like, whoa, not a walking sim. Like, ah, kind of is. I mean, this game in particular, you don't a lot of times even have a choice as to where you go. Or if you do have a choice, like the underwater scenes, it's really stupid unless you walk around to places that have nothing, which I found even more irritating. But there's no real choice in this game. Mm. So I'm being told where to go. I'm being told what to do. Not a lot of puzzles. And the puzzles that they have a lot of times, I mean, I would call this game puzzle light at best. I mean, the puzzles aren't good, nor I, I think a lot of the times when I got confused, it was because things weren't intuitive or they weren't explained in a way that made sense as we're going to get into it. Mm. But that's the thing. And on top of it, the voice acting is not good in this game. Especially at the beginning, the opening scene where he's what, like waking up in his apartment. That's really rocky. I found it got better towards the end. Once the game actually started, they kind of found their footing and it was better. But that initial scene where he wakes up in his apartment, it's all very like, I'm reading this off of a piece of paper. Oh, hello, doctor. Yes, I'm coming. <laughs> it's, really, it's really bad, man. That's why when you said this is a AAA game, I was thinking, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I mean, should have better. I mean, like a triple A, an indie triple A, which is kind of a, a term for games that are like indie but have a triple A kind of polish to them. I could say that that I could follow, but definitely not regular triple like, A. Like those thirty buck games, like Hellblade, Soma. Those are the kind of games I was talking about. Not a big studio, but looks like it could have been made by a big studio. Basically, I want to skip the whole beginning because it's virtually pointless. There's a whole setup of this dream with Ashley who died in a car crash. And since the car crash, he's had headaches. So it's all just a setup to get him to see this Mr. Munchie who's not even a doctor. And <laughs> I love that. I was like, oh, so you're Dr. Munchie? Not yet. It's like, why the... Oh, sorry. Why the hell are you going to go and see this guy to, for, for your brain scan like, when you're, you've got, like, days to live, basically? Well, I think that's exactly why you would, because you have no other choice. Right, okay. So there's this whole setup of this possible cure that it could maybe f help the brain to heal itself or something. There's this whole setup that is just pointless. And for me, knowing this story here, I assumed it was important. So through 90% of the game, I assumed that it was just a simulation. Right. And that all of this that I was going through was just essentially a dream, and I was going to wake up at the end in the office. In a way, I'm glad they didn't do that, because it would have felt cheap and a bit pointless. But it does make this whole beginning feel cheap and a bit pointless. Why not just get right to it? Yeah, I mean... It's a tutorial level, but... It could have been done 
in world. It didn't have to be done in his bedroom with about 4,000 things you can interact with, but only two of them are actually important. Yeah, the keys and the tracer fluid. Yeah, I don't know. It, the beginning was weak. It was kind of stupid in a, in a sense. like, But the, they had to have that because you had to have a brain scan for the rest of the game to make sense. But you could start right in the doctor's office. Yeah, you, you exactly. Yeah, exactly. You could have just been like, oh. This whole Ashley story. Or they could have just opened with like Ashley in a car crash, you in the hospital. Oh, we've got this treatment. We can scan his brain and test all the possible kind of... What's the reason they're... they're so, they're, they're Ashley come up later when he's knocked out but it's for like two seconds and it doesn't seem to add anything this is a bit and i know that you like dead space dead space not one of my favorites but they do a very similar thing in dead space where they're constantly giving you blips of something but it's not really important it gives the illusion of a deeper story and a lot more backstory but it's not really there I'm trying to remember her name in Dead Space now. Elizabeth, I think. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's what I am. But yeah, yeah, they could have just been, oh, he's been in a terrible accident. Let's scan his brain and see what we can do. Boom. You wake up in the soma. Yeah, he could have just been in the hospital. Yeah, but I guess they're, they're showing you, here's what it is. You can interact with stuff. But like you said, it does open and it's very, very walking simulator. It's like hold object at arm's length, rotate it, look at it, put it back. That's it. Simon wakes up in the future, underwater. And let's just get this spoiler out of the way now. <laughs> the whole surface has been destroyed by a comet hitting the Earth. And that's the essential setup for what's going on. And everything in the actual base has gone bad, has gone sour. Feels a bit like Bioshock. Yeah. Isn't Bioshock. Yeah, very, very Bioshock. And I think that that's part of my problem. In a walking simulator, not only do they take most of the choices away... But they also give any sort of power away, any sort of ability away. Simon has nothing, which I understand. And there is definitely a place for games like this. Obviously, 14,000 people like this game. But when you take away that from me as a player, I don't understand why I'm playing anymore for the most part. I play games to feel like I have more agency in the world than I really do. And in this case, they've taken that almost completely away. To the point of being ridiculous, because I wake up in a room where nothing is working and there's an obvious big sign you need to get the Omni tool. So I have to walk all the way around. Well, hold up there. You got to get out of the room first, which took me about an hour. <laughs> you didn't just pick up something and smash the window. No, no. The first time I played this, I was like, how do you get out? None of the buttons work. I mean, certainly I took a few minutes because I was trying to figure out, is the Omni tool in this room? And that's what I need to do to get out. And then when that didn't work, I picked something up and threw I spent it. a long time doing that. I think even at one point I did pick up something and throw it out of the window, but it wasn't heavy enough to actually break it. So it just kind of bounced off. I was like, oh, well, that's not the solution. That is true. I think I picked up the wet floor sign and it does nothing. Yeah, yeah. You've got to use the fire extinguisher. So it's like I threw something at the window. It bounced off. I was like, okay, so that's not the solution. I got to do something else. And it took me such a long time to come back to it eventually and go, all right, I'll try I'll try this again. <laughs> I feel like such an idiot, man. But, yeah, so you get outside the window. That was the first puzzle, basically. And okay, <laughs> I suppose so. And if that was more the line of what this game was doing, I think I would like it more. 
I felt like I was doing something at that point. I was breaking myself out. But it becomes a long series of the princess is not in this castle. Yeah. (laughs) Or, Link, I'd really like to have this. You want the sword? Bring me five bananas and I'll give you this to give to somebody else to give it to somebody else. This game just feels like that nonstop. So we have to go find the Omni tool and then we put a chip into it. And I have a major problem with this Omni tool to begin with. (laughs) Why? All right. So first, it's not really an Omni tool. It essentially gets me into the door. It's It's a a key. It's a key, yeah. And he says that in the game. She's like, do you have the Omni tool yet? He's like, oh, you mean the door opener? (laughs) That's basically all it is. But if you call it an Omni tool, it should do more than one thing. Yeah. Well, powers the subway. Okay, but here's my problem with that. So often, I have to get into places using this Omni tool. What happens if it breaks outside? Then you're screwed. Exactly. That's stupid. (laughs) Well, I don't think they were planning. Like, I don't think they had a contingency plan for the end of the world. That chip breaks like two times. (laughs) If my life is dependent on me getting back inside using this tool, it better not break all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. It's not very robust, is it? (laughs) I think a system in which I don't need. Why do we even need this to get in anyway? Yeah, you'd think maybe a key card would be better. Or why even need that at all? Why not just a power panel? Why I mean, do I need this key to get in? Are we afraid spies are going to come down from I mean, the we are at the bottom of the ocean after all. It's like, there's not going to be that much traffic other than people that are supposed to be there. <laughs> That's my point. So why? Why do I need this? It makes no sense. I think what they're trying to say is different people had different privileges to get into different buildings, perhaps. Right. But there's got to be a better way than this tool. And it's huge. Yes, it's inconvenient as well yeah. to carry around. Yeah, even in the game when he holds it in his hand, it's like, wow, that's it's not like holding a phone in your hand. It's like holding a whole tablet PC in your hand. <laughs> okay, rant about the Omni-Tool over. <laughs> I don't like it. I think it's dumb. It's just a mechanic to be able to take Catherine with you, which is also irritating. But we'll get to that when we get to Catherine. Basically, at this point, the only interesting thing that I really want to get to, you walk around, you're looking for everything, you get... To see your first creature, which is this kind of lumbering, almost Big Daddy-like creature, but not. And you basically have to avoid it. But I played in safe mode. I'll be honest, I played in safe mode because I had very little desire to play this in regular mode. I think I would have been okay at this point. But there's a point later in the game where I just would not have made it through. Which part is that? Well, we'll get to it later, but it's the reloading. Ah, okay. Yeah, see, I got... I went through my notes with a highlighter. I tried to streamline things, but then I was like, no, everything has to be said, unfortunately. <laughs> it's really irritating. But I do want to skip ahead. There's a tentacle technovirus which is taking over the place. It looks very much like this creature, which is why I brought it up. The WoW. Yes, as we're going to find out, the WoW is the artificial intelligence that's supposed to be defending everything, but it's been corrupted, and so it's gone crazy. Well, it's not been corrupted. It's doing what it thinks is best. But it's not doing what's best, so it's been corrupted. Well, no, not really, no. It's doing its best, what it thinks is the best thing to preserve humanity. And it's not evil. And that's what I love about this game, is it's not you versus AI. It's not you versus a machine that's been corrupted. It's not corrupted at at all. It's a machine being Big Brother, doing what it thinks best. It's preserving humanity, but in the worst possible way. It's not an evil entity. 
Eckers, however, is an evil entity. He's completely bonkers and crazy. But the WoW is doing its best, but it's doing it in such a horrible way. It's trying to preserve humanity. I disagree. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But if I have a file on my computer yeah. that is corrupting other files, whether it was intentional or not, sure, it is still corrupted and it is still ruining my computer. In this case, WoW is ruining what's left of humanity. Uh, it is corrupted. It's changing it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I would disagree. Yeah. But it's not evil. And that's, again, that's what I like about it. It's not evil. Yeah. It's not like other games where you're versus AI. Like, it's not It's not System Shock 2, basically. We avoid, I suppose, that first creature enough to get to the top. And then you encounter Carl, a robot that claims to be human, says it's human, says it needs help. If you throw a switch in this room, Carl gets electrocuted he gets into a lot of pain he's screaming so you can go back undo the switch but you'll find later that you're gonna have to throw the switch in order to open the door to the top is that correct yep this was interesting to me because you're basically killing someone even though you find his body you know his actual body is not here his mind appears to be in this robot, and you essentially have to kill him in order to get upstairs and get to the communications room. When you get to the top, you are introduced to a female voice. We'll find out this is Catherine, who tells you you need to get upstairs. So you get into the comms room, and then she basically says you need to get to another part of the station, which is basically the subtitle for Soma would be, Soma, get someplace else. <laughs> Because that's all it wants you to do is go from place to place. At this point, there's a kind of, I don't know, would you call it a puzzle? Which one? Where you have to start scanning for the right signal. You basically just have to move. Oh, the the radar thing. Yeah. The thing um, is, this mechanic gets used over and over again. Oh, do some scanning. And you have to move it around. But you're not really solving a puzzle. You're just doing hit or miss. You're just trying all of them until you find the yeah, right answer. It, it's battleships, isn't it? Basically. I like this area. A lot of people don't, but for some reason, it just kind of gelled with me and I got through it quite quickly. But a lot of people had a problem with this. They got stuck on here for quite a long time. I, I don't really see the problem with it. It was fairly straightforward. I didn't get stuck, but I was bored. Why am I doing this? You don't have some sort of computer program which would help auto-track things? Mm, yeah, that would be... Maybe good. <laughs> There's later where we're looking for the arc and we have to scan and scan and scan and scan. Where is again just battleships one level after another. Is there not a GPS tracker in this thing? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so to me, it's not really a puzzle. It's not really fun. And it seems kind of pointless in this future world, which seems to be almost backwards in technology if it told us that things were broken at least that would be something but we're not given that information yeah the place is old that's for sure but yeah in a lot of ways the future does seem a bit like the 1950s but not looking as good mm. as bioshock <laughs> here's another problem i do have with the game in this room you do get some restored audio files which gives you a bit more of the backstory i guess mm -hmm. one i've already complained about the voice acting but two is i feel we already know this stuff i feel the game does this a lot where it tells us this information and then it tells it to us again and again and again 
And it just seems to keep reiterating the same information. This, for me, isn't the ideal way to tell a story. I feel like these bits that we find, if they want us to actually explore and go looking for them, should give us a lot more idea of who these characters are, what made them tick, what was important to them. Outside of Acres, most of it is kind of pointless, in my opinion. Yeah, the all the kind of audio logs, I don't know, they, they added something for me. Yeah, like you said, they're not adding much to the story because pretty much we've already worked out what the story... Well, the story tells you it is what it is in, almost immediately. They're like, you're not a person, you're a robot. It doesn't tell us that. Pretty much from the very beginning. No, not from the very beginning, but... At this point in the story, you don't know that. Oh, man. When you first contact Catherine, and then you see your hands physically change from skin into that diving suit? That only happens after the thing floods. That's what I mean. Well, we're past that, yeah? Well, we're just about to get there. Yeah. But this is a lot of the game to not know that. You've been looking at hands the whole time. And then you look in the mirror, and it's like, whoop. That, again, comes up later. Yeah, that, that's definitely later. But no, the, yeah, the whole getting to the next station, going when you first enter the deep water, you fully aware that you're, um, well, you're not Simon anymore, and that you're... I'd say you, you aren't until you actually get to Lambda. Because you see the hands change, but you don't know what's going on. Hmm, I don't know. I would All say. it is is a diving suit. So how do you know you're a robot? Because you watch your hands change in front of you. It's like your your vision is constantly distorting. And this is... What we what was the game we talked about last time where your vision distorts? And it's like, oh, yeah, you've got to be an AI. Cube 2. Um, it's... It's the same. As soon as, as soon as in any game that your vision distorts, there's something up. And yeah, I don't know. I think I think they they're trying to make it clear that you're not Simon anymore from the, as early on in the game as they can. All right, that's fine. But I think they could have done that right from the beginning. Why do this transition? Because they need to build a character, and they need to, they need to make you feel human, so that you can ask yourself later, what does it mean to actually be human? Or even more than that, it's not really about. This game isn't a game about being human. It's more about being conscious. Right. But we could have done that right away. All right, it's not even yeah. It's not even really important. But the thing is, I would say you could have done that right away as soon as you started this world. Fair enough. I mean, there's, there's a million ways that you could do that. They chose to run with it this way. As it started flooding, I went, well, I'm going to die now. Yeah. Oh, no. Magical diving suit. Yeah, apparently... I didn't know what was going on at that point. I didn't know until we got to Lambda. But, of course, we have to get to Lambda. So to do that, we have to walk around a bit outside. And this I found to be a nightmare because I didn't really feel like it was very well marked, especially this first one. And it's very easy to walk off the path and get a bit lost, which is great that they've given you the ability to walk around if you want. But I feel like most of the underwater stuff, it should be much clearer exactly where I need to go because it was very easy to wander off the path and get completely lost or they would tell you things to look for but not what it actually looked like so you didn't know Mm. that'll come up very specifically in a scene where we're meant to fix an antenna but I didn't know what the antenna looked like well that's good because you are Simon and Simon is not a rocket scientist Simon is a bookseller but we have Catherine who should be able to tell us what we're looking for but she can't talk all the time She's like basically GLaDOS in the potato. <laughs> but she could tell us before we sign her off. She knows she's going to be removed. But then that would remove the fun of the game. Would it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I loved wandering around that abyss, man. It was it was awesome. This is where we're different. <laughs> it felt like a waste of my time. 
There were some parts that were large, but I mean, I don't know. It was fairly well lit. They had lights. They, they did the old classic light up the runway kind of thing to where you need to go. There were some parts where you could go, you could overshoot that and go to the end. And then you'd realize like, oh, I can't get into the store yet. I need to do something else. And it's a game of exploration, definitely. It is a kind of walking sim. But it feels like it's game. only exploration underwater. In the in the actual levels, it's more, well, literally corridors, linear, get from A to B. But I will say that's a real problem that I have with the game. I don't want to have to do exploring and also not dying. But you played on safe mode anyway, so no worries there. True. <laughs> but that's what I mean. The game as it is intended would have put me off completely. I think if they hadn't released the mod... I probably wouldn't have finished this game, to be honest. I would have gotten up to a part which we haven't reached yet. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's on your in your notes um, where I would have probably just thrown my hands up in the air and went, right, I'm done. Exactly. Next is we get into Shuttle. This is where we find out the comet struck the Earth. And, of course, things don't go well. Nothing ever works in this place. We essentially get to the point where we're trapped in a tunnel. We have to find Amy's body that's sort of being held alive by the weird tentacles. In order for us to get the train to move, we have to kill her. This is two times. Very, very quickly. And not the last either. No. And that's exactly what I put in my notes as I said, I have to kill someone again already. (laughs) (laughs) One time is somewhat interesting. Twice starts to get tedious. And if they're going to keep doing this, then... It defeats the whole purpose. When I played this game, I felt like I was making the choice to kill them. But why are you making the choice? You either choose to stop playing. That's what I mean. It's like I thought I was doing what the game intended, but I felt like I was making a choice. See, I didn't feel that way. I felt this is very much what you and I have complained about before with Telltale is that we feel we're giving two choices and neither of them are good. Mm. This is very much what is happening here to me. You either kill somebody or you stop playing the game yeah yeah i would have liked it if they had a decision thing here where you could choose to let everyone live the only real choices you have in this game are like deleting the files of the existing ais or um there is another one but i can't i can't remember. the wow yeah but, yes. but that's my a big part of my problem if i don't have a choice and i'm just being told what to do all the time then to me this is just a walking simulator with some extra bits like this in. And I don't know who Amy really is. I don't really know anything about her. She looks like she's miserable. Even though she says she wants to live, she looks miserable and I don't see how we would save her. They're basically telling me to feel bad. Mm. And I don't. Oh, I did. I didn't didn't like killing Amy. She was a casualty of war. Yeah, as is everyone. (laughs) The shuttle takes us to Lambda. And in front of us is a very obvious emergency exit. Which, of course, we're going to have to use because, of course, the shuttle won't be able to make it. Did you notice that? Or is it just me? What, the thing that pops off the front of the door? I didn't. I mean, I I saw it, but I didn't think, like, oh, we're definitely going to crash. I mean, I I played Dead Space 2 before this, so I was like, yeah, this is a train. It's like, it's definitely going to crash and we're going to get messed up. Train rides never end well in computer games, man. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's almost like they were trolling me a bit. Why? Because we're stuck outside again, which I'm already annoyed with because I feel that it's a bit difficult to figure where I'm supposed to go. Because, like you said, follow the lights, but some of these places, there are lights everywhere, and some of them aren't important. But Simon says, 
Touch Some... your head. That's how I get edited out. <laughs> I put that right, right at the beginning or at the end. Touch your nose. No, don't say it again. I'll walk out. All right, go. Simon says, how big can this ocean be? Pretty big, man. It's the Atlantic. <laughs> that, I was just so angry. Yeah, pretty big, man. Pretty big. Even this area seemed big. But it does lead me to the question of why can't I just walk there? I understand at this point, we don't know where our final destination is. Yep. And we will find out later there's this abyss that we're supposedly not able to walk in. But for most of this game, if we had known where we were going, we could have cut out about half the game just by walking around. Yeah, avoid all the monsters. Just walk on the outside of everything. But at the same time, Catherine knows what she's doing. She's she's a manipulator. She knows we need to get the diving suit. She knows she's got to ease us into this transition and... I don't know. It feels fine to me. You could have cut out a little bit, maybe, but she still needs to get you to the diving suit, and then she needs to get you on the, the submarine thing. Because that's the first goal, is to get to the submarine. Right. There, there are stages. In Lambda, Simon says, this must be where Catherine is. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's only been two minutes since I dealt with that before. We don't need to be this expository. Catherine, we find out, isn't human. She's another robot, but this one is aware of it. And she's aware of everything that's gone on. So this is where we get a bunch of backstory about the Ark being where all of the brain scans, the consciousness has been copied of most of the people on Phylos 2. Yeah. And the plan is to launch it into space where it will survive for a thousand years and maybe somebody else will find it. This is an interesting concept. I think this is fine. It does bring up the interesting issues of what does it mean to be really human and a sentient being, which they're going to belabor later. But for now, it seems an interesting concept. And so Catherine wants to get on there and she'll help Simon get on there as well. We find out at this point that Simon's brain scan that he did was, we're kind of told it was sent forward to now, but that's not really the case. We'll find out later that he's basically the standard freeware that comes (laughs) with uh, some software. He's a sample. Yeah. But for some reason has been given life again, has been put into this body. Well, I mean, he's not been given life again. He's he's always had life. It's just this is the one that we're experiencing. All the copy and pastes that have happened, this is the one that we're living. He's the same as the simulation which we're getting to where they're just switched on and switched off into existence and then killed. It's like he's been through this hundreds, maybe thousands of times. You mean because he was the freeware? Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, when we get to Brandon... Let's let's not do that now. Uh, Let's wait until we actually get to that. On the computer screen, you get to take a survey about how it feels to be in the art, which is interesting. It comes up at the end. It comes up at the end again. But also, it doesn't mean anything to me because I'm not actually there. (laughs) This is the point where I talked about before, the ridiculous scanning of the solar system, the Earth, a smaller section of Earth, And then within Tau to find where the Ark actually is. I do want to say this here, though. We know it's on Tau, but we keep getting sent everywhere else except for Tau for a very long time and not explained why. We're not really explained that we need to get something to get into the abyss for a while. Mm -hmm. So I felt for a long time that they're just running me around in circles for no apparent reason. The escape shuttle, of course, is broken, but 
there might be another one in the cargo ship. So that's where we have to head next. This is the part where I said I would not like this on normal uh, because there's no... On the ship, there are multiple ways to get around things, it seems. But there's really no explanation of where to go. And this creature seems to find me no matter where I am, no matter what I do. So it feels to me like this would have been nearly impossible to play on regular. Did you make it this far when you tried it on regular? No, no. I I, I started it on easy from the very start, man. I'm not interested in the challenge part of this. I was more interested in just going through the story. We find an escape pod, but it's locked. So the only way to get it is apparently to go to the engine room and make it self-destruct, to make it blow up. Yeah, because it's all hardwired to the WoW, isn't it? It's all it's locked up because they don't want you to escape because it's dangerous out there. So they're keeping you inside. I don't think that's... That's exactly what it is, man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're... It said the safety mechanism is locked because it says the ship isn't in danger. Yeah. You think WoW is doing that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause, I, I mean... just think it's a total malfunction of the entire ship. I think just nothing is working right. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think so. But I think that it's a stupid way to get out. There's no other way. There's no sort of welding torch to cut off these safety mechanisms. There's nothing else other than getting the ship to explode. <laughs> well, that's dramatic. There's no going back from that. This could have easily ended the whole story. Yeah, well, a welding torch would have been kid gloves, man. Nah, blow it all up. The escape pod crashes... Of course. Of course. <laughs> then the little guy robot, the K8 version that we helped out before, who has helped us into multiple places now, is there again. We find Acres. This is where we start to hear about Acres and how he went a bit crazy and he wanted to stay in Delta even after it wasn't safe. You think it's Acres who is the voice talking to us throughout then? The subliminal message voice saying we need to get rid of Wow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like you mean, you mean that's way past. Like it is, but I have I had no idea, so I didn't know why they were bothering to annoy us with all this Acres information. It seemed kind of pointless. Ah, uh, okay. So if it is him, then it makes a bit more sense as to why we're being told so much about him. I just thought this was extra story to make the world seem deeper, but I didn't really care. All I cared about was getting the Zeppelin to work so that I can get to the next place, which again. I'm just kind of irritated because the Zeppelin only goes to a very specific place when clearly we should be able to reprogram it to tell us to go somewhere else. But you need to get a diving suit. No, we don't. We need the diving suit because we need to get through the abyss. The Zeppelin can go over the abyss. Yeah, but you can't drop into it. You'll die. We don't. Why would we drop into it? Oh, no, because you need to get the Ark. Oh, no, that's in the abyss. You need to you need to get the diving suit to get into the abyss. Though. We don't need to get to the abyss, though, right? We just need to get to the other side. Is Tau actually in the abyss? Yeah, yeah. It's at the bottom of the Mariana Trench or something like that. But there's another climber on the other side. I, I just feel like we could have skipped the whole abyss by getting the Zeppelin to take us over to where we needed to be. No, no, you, you end the game at the bottom, like at the very, very bottom. When you, when you take the climber down, you never come back up again. But I believe there's a point where it shows you that there's a climber on either side, and we're actually trying to get to the part on the other side of the abyss. In my head, yeah. we should be able to just fly over the abyss, get to the other station, get a power suit there, and go down. Because you never come back up. Do you come back up? No, you don't come back up. Yeah. 
But what I'm saying is, I think the abyss is a valley. Yeah. We're getting to the other side of the valley. But there's another climber elevator. There's another everything on the other side. Now, I could be wrong. But right. it's my impression that we could have just reprogrammed it to fly over the whole thing and skipped about five steps. Well, we couldn't, but Catherine could have, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how useful Catherine really is. She uh, knows one thing. She's, one thing only. She's, she's a hindrance, for sure. <laughs> okay, and this is where I really start to get irritated because, of course, this little robot that's helped us three times, now we have to kill it in order to get a chip. Because no, you don't. Did you kill that robot, you evil... What are you talking about? How else are you going to do it? You killed the other robot. What other robot? The 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 one that's like got the square face that's always grumbling. Get away from me. What other robot? I didn't see another robot. Yeah, there's another one. It's got like a big red eye. Oh, man. You killed the cute little, like, like Eddie from Fallout robot? Yeah, I didn't see any other robot. Oh, man. I was actually wondering what happens when you do kill him. What happens? To, what does he say when he, when he kills him? It's not so much him as Catherine. Catherine goes... Oh, you killed a K-8. Oh, they're so cute. How how could you do such a thing? Yeah, exactly. She's And right. I'm like... <laughs> no, I, w- I was swearing at the computer at that point. And then she goes, oh, no, I'm just joking. Like, they're stupid. They feel nothing. <laughs> oh, man. No, because... The game just feels like it's trolling me. But I didn't see any other Oh, uh, there, there's definitely... You know the one I'm talking about. It's like got a square face, a red eye. It's very big. The, the other one is a circle and white. The one that I killed two times on both playthroughs has a square face and like a big, long, kind of squarish, rectangular body. Yeah, I didn't see that one, at least not at this point. So I really felt like they had tunneled me into one choice. Forcing you to make... Yeah, because I thought that was the whole point of that section was you have to make a decision on who you're going to take out. And Yeah, but I didn't see the other one, so... <coughs> I never killed K8, no. I felt like my choice was down to one. Mm. All right, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe that's because you wandered more. This is also the part with the antenna where I didn't know where I was supposed to be going, so I ended up at what looked like a water tower because I thought that was the antenna. I was looking all over. It's really, really close. That's right in the square, yeah. It's super close if you know what you're looking for. And again, there's the, the, there's the control room that has the map and shows you everything that you need for that level, and it's it's right there, you know? I guess I'm to the point where I need a map with me. Mm. I'm not going to draw that map and then go find it. There's also a problem of orientation. A lot of times I don't really know where I am. I know where I am on that map, but I don't really see how the map orients itself to the world around me because I don't really know what everything is on that map. I suppose that one with the Zeppelin pad would be a bit more obvious, but some of the others, when they showed it to me, I was thinking, well... I would need to know what any of these rooms are in order to know what this map is. Mm. I think I need to go more back to a Silent Hill type of map that updates itself or will show me where I am on the map to help me orient and know where I actually am and where everything else is. Mm. So to do it that way, it just feels ineffective. Why couldn't the Omni tool have that on it? Yeah, it's not very Omni, is it? Why couldn't we download it and then use it that way? I did try to jump off a cliff. Of course, me too. Several times. <laughs> it's kind of pointless, though. It just brings you back. Yeah. Here's something I do want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I know that we're essentially a robot. Right. And that Simon is essentially a body without a head that seems to be moving somehow magically with this gel. Why is he breathing all the time? I think it's kind of the Matrix. Like, when Morpheus says, when they're in the dojo, and he's like, oh, 
Do you think that's air you're breathing? You know, I think it's just a kind of trait or thing that we kind of pass over from our real life. So I thought the same thing. It's like, well, we are a robot. Why are we even... Especially when, you, when you're running, you notice that you're heavy breathing. I think it's just... It's just because we are still human. So we're simulating breathing, I guess. In Theta, we're looking for the submarine, the Danbat. Or Dunbat. Dunbat. Yeah, the, Dun- the Dunbat. Which apparently is the only thing strong enough for the abyss, but we'll find out it's not. James Cameron messed it up. In the bathroom, we get to see that the reflection shows us what Simon actually looks like. He's an empty suit. Is what we're shown, basically. We end up finding the scan room with Simon and Munchie scans. This is where we find out that he's basically on all the sample packs. And for some reason, he now exists. But this leads into, I guess, a puzzle. But it just feels more like annoying adventure game point-and-click stuff. Find the one card that isn't broken. Find the environment on the card. Copy it to the card. Bring it over. Nothing about this felt really intuitive. Putting the cards in felt somewhat intuitive, but finding the third one, because there were three pieces, so there's one where uh, it's like environments. One is brain scans, where you have to read the information, I guess, to figure out which person you should do on the simulation. But for me, it was just faster to try every one of them. Mm. And then I got the environments. There's a third one, though, where I sent you a message and said, I don't know what I'm doing. I can see it's missing, but I don't know where it is. I don't know how to get it. And I don't know how long I tried back and forth, downloading everything, assuming I was missing something in those two rooms not realizing I had to go to his room in the living quarters, which was locked before. Yeah, that's... I did that again. I don't remember how long it took me to do that on my first time, but I'd forgotten the puzzle, and it wasn't too bad when I did it again. I think if I knew where all three pieces were, it wouldn't have been a problem at all. I mean, I I, I kind of like this puzzle in a sense, because it's where I disagree with you on this, like for the the kind of whole experience where you're supposed to not know what you're doing and and that's that's the whole point is you're not a one you're not a technician on this place you're you've been thrown in so you're as much at a loss for everything as much as Simon is he doesn't know what he's doing that's and, fine and, and but that's what Catherine's job is Catherine in the story and as a game mechanic should be helping us out she is clueless true yeah like when I finally get that third piece, she goes, oh, I didn't even realize he knew Alice. You didn't know? Every simulation, he goes, Alice? Alice, where's Alice? And that's when he freaks out. Alice, <laughs> is Alice? You don't know? Yeah. I figured it out with one playthrough of his simulation where he got stressed out. The problem with the simulation is, and I, this is where my notes actually begin, is so you've got... The Brandon Wan simulation, you've got two force failures when you put it up. You've got a third one where the sim chip is faulty. You've got four, which is running on the beach. You've got five, you run the ski lodge. You've got six, now the room opens. So you're forced to play around with that. It's not like, so for example, for me on my second playthrough, if I'd remembered what I was doing, you can't just immediately go to Brandon's room. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you it's have forcing to fail. you to fail. I don't like that in puzzles. I hate that in puzzles, in fact, because, again, it goes back to the window where I threw something at the window. It didn't break. So I was like, okay, 
that's not the solution. I need to try something else. This is just a bad, this is a really bad puzzle design. I don't like it. When you force a failure or X amount of failure, it's not one failure, it's six. I also get really irritated with Catherine. She goes, oh, welcome. Where's the security cipher? Yeah, there's a lot of tact. It's no wonder he's freaking out all the time. The very first thing you say is, where's the security cipher? With no reason. The dialogue in this section is just awful. And the storytelling is equally terrible at this point. So I'm just irritated. And this is following what, what I've skipped and I need to go back to real quick is the resetting of the router. This is the part I never would have finished if I was actually playing the game. Because you go into the server room, you oh. have to avoid this leech-like giant green character that has a head on it. Here's the thing. I imagine that it's very scary when it might kill you. When it can't kill you, it looks a little ridiculous, to be honest. When you can actually look at these things, you go, oh, it's not really that scary. It's just kind of ugly. But it seemed to be able to find me again, no matter where I went, no matter what I did. Maybe that's because I was in safety mode, but... Even in safety mode, it was really irritating because it would distort your vision and cause you to stop. There was a bit of animation you had to wait for it to go through. And it just did this over and over again. To reset the router, you had to hit the switch and you had to wait for it to be ready. And then you had something like 45 seconds to hit the switch again. So you would have to hit the switch, run away from this creature and be back within the specified 45 second window to hit that again or else you'd have to start it all over again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That part was easy for me. You, you flip, you flip well, the switch. Yeah. And then On you... safety mode, this but, is what I'm saying. I don't think that I would be able to make it through this on... I just went, I just went right next to the machine, just hid in the corner. Like As soon as you flip the switch, you just go and you crouch in the corner. And, and it didn't come find you? Didn't see me. I never got, I never got stuck on that level. I never even got... Well, I didn't get... I was in safety mode. Yeah. I didn't get stuck, but it seemed to just always be on top of me no matter what i did it never found me never really yep oh all right well i guess it depends on on your playthrough and the the first time i played it i do remember i had a problem with that monster and i remember there were points where i was running away from it going away closing doors and then hiding in a room and i don't know how but it was opening the doors and then coming into that room where i just hidden so it was definitely tracking me down but i don't know how it opened the doors because it doesn't have hands that's later, right? No, same room. There's there's three rooms in that room. There's like the main server room, and then there's a room off to the side where you come down the stairs. Yeah, I do remember that, though. I do remember there's a part where I was really irritated because it seemed to be opening doors. Yeah, yeah, it does. It opens doors. Like, how can you open doors, man? You don't even have hands. You have no fingers. You know, this, this, the server room was, was fine th- this time around, maybe because I knew what I was doing. There are different monsters have different abilities. So this one, you can actually shine the light right in its face and it doesn't see you. It's, it's a hearing monster. So there's lots of like, kind of debris in this room and cans and stuff. So if you're making a noise, he knows where you are. But that's part of the problem is you flick this big switch and it goes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, oh man, I just painted a massive target on my head. But yeah, this was, that puzzle was okay. My, the, the arc simulator puzzle, which is coming up, was my main problem. <laughs> I do have a problem with that, but we need to get to the Dunbat first. The Dunbat screams, it's your fault, and then plunges into the water. I wasn't even sure it was the Dunbat. I just thought it was another robot. So I didn't know what was going on until the story told me that it was corrupted. I had a problem with this one because we had to plug a cable into the control panel. 
I know what I was doing. This is the first time where you actually have to plug something in instead of unplugging. Oh man, Half Life Two. That, that was. Uh, I haven't played Half Life Two. Uh, when I saw this, it was like, yep, no problem. Bloop, straight out of Half Life Two. But I did find the controls awkward. Right. Why? You just switch everything on. No, 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 no. To get the cable actually. Oh, in, okay, okay, okay. I like missed it twice <laughs> before I got it in. It should actually just slide right in yeah no the setting up the controls that's fine but then the dunbat went crazy so now we have to climb up some stairs into a duct way and get to the next part which gets us to the arc so let's talk about the arc simulation which yeah. i hated yeah i hated it too this time around when i was on my second playthrough i was like right walk through how do i do this because i remember i was stuck in this room for hours maybe not hours maybe an hour or maybe two to me, it was like a math problem, and it was. This is what yeah, I was talking I know about. The math. Said, okay, I never understood you warned me about this maths problem, but I felt like I never found it. This to me didn't feel like a maths problem because I mean, it was like it shows you the number of bytes that you have. Yes, and you can overshoot that, and it's like no, 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 no that's too much. You got to remove some stuff, and if it's under, you never get the option to click. So I, in my mind, it was like I need to get it bang on that number. So it was like it was a case of filling up like the, the three jugs puzzle where you've got to fill it up with seven liters and you've got a two liter or a three liter and a, an eight liter jug or something like that, you know? So I'm like juggling all of these simulation files and trying to get it right onto like whatever it is, like the 11 gigabyte file size. And it was so hard to get it. And eventually I gave up on it. I was like, nah, this can't be right. I got to do something else. Right, well, let me tell you what I found. I found that first... I was just trying everything because I didn't know. I also just found that, again, we aren't really being told what to do. Catherine is there telling us to run a simulation, but not how. And she built it. Exactly. <laughs> if there was anything where she should be able to help guide us through, it's this one. She failed. Yeah. And it doesn't really make sense. So what she has told us is run the simulation. So as you go to run the simulation, you basically are given too many things that are loaded up. So when I realized that I unloaded everything I could, though there was one file that I couldn't seem to touch. And that was a huge one. I then noticed eventually, I mean, this, this took a while for me to get through, but eventually I saw that there were a couple lines of code. And so I found like the corresponding files that went with those. And that seemed to be the way to go. So I was loading everything, loading everything. Where you get stuck, where you probably got stuck and where I got stuck, there was one that requested water, but there were two ways to get water. I think one was a pond and one was a river, something like that. One is a much bigger file. So I did kind of luck into it by realizing, by noticing that. And I went, oh, okay. So if I switch those, oh, now it works. But this didn't really feel like a puzzle. We weren't really told what we were supposed to be doing with it. And so it felt to me like we were just monkeys at a typewriter trying to write a novel. Yeah, that's how I felt, for sure. But that's the way I felt with a lot of these puzzles. I didn't really feel like we were given a setup or a parameter to kind of explain what the puzzle is or to give us any kind of understanding of what we were doing. And most of it just felt like we were given the puzzle with no guidance at all and just said, do it. I don't mind that. That's fine. Because, again... You're a bookseller from Montreal or Toronto or something like that. You're not, you're not a rocket scientist. And you shouldn't know how to do half of these puzzles anyway. But this one is... I draw the line at this one. This is the one that I didn't like in this because 
I don't know. It presents you with the idea of the solution. You got to fill the bar, but that's not the case. Then I went back and I was like, oh, when I highlight some things on the on the other side, when I mouse over them, it's like they turn green. Like so, that must mean they're sister programs that run with this. And so, as you add them, there's more green stuff. But you get to the end after you add all the ones that are highlighted, it's still it's not the solution. <sighs> Even when I looked up the walkthrough, I still couldn't understand how I done it. The first time, I must have just got lucky, and that's. Definitely not a good puzzle, in my opinion. But everything else was okay. Everything else was fine. I didn't mind trial and error. I didn't mind the wandering around because that's that's part of the game and that's what it's about. But this one felt really like a cheap shot. It was just giving you, yeah, the answer, but withholding it at the same time. I just didn't like it. The story tells us that all people now have black boxes in them. And this is how Simon has been getting these ghost voices, these data mines, I believe it's referred to. There's a message from some of them that I've touched that says, can we be sure the Ark will survive? At which somebody else responds, every launch is a crapshoot. I said, what? Aren't these guys scientists? Yeah, but they're not that kind of scientists. They weren't preparing for the end of the world. This is a side project. For the Ark. But this launching of satellites into space oh, yeah, is yeah, what this place is designed for. So for, every yeah. launch can't be a crapshoot. Are they referring to the launch or are they referring to the the kind of role, the role of the dice that determines which side of the consciousness you lie on that gets it in It sounded to me like they were talking about the launch itself. Okay, well, that's bizarre. Yeah, you'd expect that. Like, if I was the boss of uh, Omnicron or whatever the hell it's called, yeah, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be staking trillions of dollars on a crapshoot. Our next section is a whole series of running around to get a connector chip, to get to Strohmeyer's office, to get it uploaded with a proper cipher, to get onto an elevator, which breaks. <laughs> I mean, this, this place sucks. Like, nothing seems to work. I understand it's maybe old. I understand that they don't have resources coming from the surface anymore. But nothing in this place works. Nothing. This is awful (laughs) the monster of this level kills me because it needs to for the story this is where i have a dream of ashley but it kind of feels pointless since it doesn't really go anywhere you wake up simon pulls himself out of a sticky wall and it's like back to work okay that didn't really do anything yeah i think because you're not human uh the wow protects human life but i don't think it can differentiate between conscious and living in a sense if that makes sense um so all the humans that you've been meeting before that are being artificially kept alive because that's the wow's kind of prime directive to preserve human life you are conscious so you are human but you are not organic so you break out of that and and like you said it's back to business that part for me was pretty self-explanatory i don't know i thought it was pointless as was the next part where this is the part where the monsters seem to be able to open the doors and they're just chasing me everywhere. And even on safe mode, it was just really irritating. Can you just, can you just not, can you just leave me alone? Because <laughs> it, they're just getting in my way all the time. I have to flush myself down a tube. So I'm outside again. Now I walk to Omicron and there's no power to open the door, of course. So how long did you wander around for? Not very, actually. This one wasn't too bad. I was able to find the little hut with all the other things I needed to power up. So there's a weird thing with you go up the ladder into it and then there's a sign that says make sure to 
do something before you pull all the levers, but you can't really pull all the levers until you do it once. And then it says, oh, maybe I should do the right steps in the right order. It's annoying. Again, it felt like they're making me fail once before I could do it properly. I did have some trouble when I got to the top, though, because there was one element that I just, for some reason, couldn't find. We also, we need to get a code that is just given to us by who you think is Acres, that voice that just appears. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. I found it annoying, but doable. Having to walk around, though, to the extra door, because the first one was broken was irritating <laughs> and there was even a part of simon's dialogue where when you do start going the right way he goes i hope i'm going the right way which helped me realize i was going the right way because i thought i wasn't but really it it just feels like an unnecessary step you like it though mm, yeah so we get inside and our next step is now to get a power suit and of course the power suit needs three things it already has most of a body, but we need to get the power gel, the battery, and the Cortex chip. Another Cortex chip. To get rid of the lockdown, there's essentially what is a, a super chains puzzle where you have to connect yeah. them all. And then there's a simple path puzzle for the, the Cortex chip. There's a part where we find out that this gel reanimated mice, which is essentially what we're using it for is to somewhat reanimate the body we're going to be using. And you have to do this process of getting the chip out, putting it in the tank, hitting it with the gel so that now it works. I didn't understand why that worked. I Just like what you said, the gel reanimates things. Uh, it reanimates computer chips? I think so, yeah. I think I think that was the, the, the point of it. It's, it. it's a living, growing kind of thing that is taking over the whole station. And it's animating robots and it's, yeah, it animates both organic and inorganic matter, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's starting to get into the magic territory. <clears throat> I don't know if I want to talk about too much of this stuff. It basically, it's a lot of running around to get a bunch of things. We get it. And I will say this. Because it felt pretty straightforward, because I knew what I was doing, this area was probably, for me, the best one of the entire game. I knew I had three goals. I knew what I had to go do. The exploration wasn't quite as irritating. There didn't seem to be creatures at every corner. And, and so that's it. But we get into the next part, which is switching bodies. So we switch bodies, but Simon, as he's copied over, here's his previous copy talking still and this is where Catherine explains to him that for some reason which i don't understand to make this process work you can't just transfer it over as you would cut and paste a file you can only make a copy yeah what's the problem why can't you because you're i don't know <laughs> you're just copying a file basically yeah so yeah two so, copies of you exist yeah but why can't you cut and paste instead of copy and paste <laughs> because otherwise it doesn't make any sense with the story. I mean, it's the whole thing of like reincarnation. I've always wondered like what's the point of saying like oh don't worry, you know, the people who believe in reincarnation, don't worry, you'll come back again as a, another person. What's the point of coming back as another person if I can't remember my past life? That's what Soma is. You're coming back 
but you're not exactly who you were before. And that's why all these people have gone nuts and are, are killing themselves. I just feel like they're trying to shove the ship of Theseus into here in a way that doesn't need to be. If you're talking about a file, then essentially it should be able to cut and paste. And I'm not really given a good reason why not. And just as before, Simon is freaking out because of, what was it, Brandon, that we were restarting yeah. over and over again? Yeah. It's just a file that we're restarting over and over again. It's not Brandon. He doesn't remember it. Yeah, but he experiences it over and over again. But does he? Well, he, he experiences it one time. Every time he experiences it one time. Yeah. is what you were saying before, that Simon may have been used a thousand times before now, but it doesn't really matter. This is just him in this time. And I feel like they're trying to make me feel something for these other copies, but I don't feel it. It's because you're heartless. <laughs> you didn't like this part? Seriously? You didn't feel something about when you shut down Simon, your, your other self? I didn't shut him down. Oh, I did. I killed him. Why? To end his suffering. Is he suffering though? Well, he's going to be stuck in a chair for the rest of his life until he wears away. Why is he stuck? Can't he just get up and walk around? Well, stuck in this hell. You know, I mean, this is the, this whole facility is the exact meaning of hell for me. It's, it's such a horrible place. You want to end up like all these other kind of abominations that are running around. Is that, is that what you want to live like? No, I didn't want that for Simon. I had to, I had to take him out. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that right at the end. We get on the climber elevator. We go down. Of course, it stops halfway through, so you have to go up and reset it. I like the climber. I love parts like this in games where there's extended periods of nothing to do. It sounds weird, but I just like this emptiness. I would like it if the story felt better, if the voice acting were better, but I felt like I was just being forced to sit through this. It's the difference between you enjoying this and me not enjoying the game at this point. So at this point, it just felt like it's taking longer to get there than it really should. But if I was loving the story, then yes, but I wasn't. And I think that's the difference on whether you like the climb or not is, are you into the story at this point? A creature comes in to talk to Simon, and of course he's going to black out again. He says, you did it, I will make preparations. But I guess this is acres in your opinion? I think so. We finally get to walk to Tao. We're finally going to where we were told ages ago in the game this was our final destination. There's a sign that says blue lights lead to Tau and red back to the climber, which seems like it would be a good idea, except there are blue fish and red fish swimming all around. <laughs> so I didn't know what lights I was supposed to be looking for. I found a long pipe with a bunch of red lights on it. I walked up there to see if the other side was blue. I missed totally the easy switch that was right there. So I hit that switch and I go, but I have some real problems with this part because as you're walking along... Only certain sections are lit, and you have to kind of do a leap of faith to find the next section. Occasionally, there are green glow sticks guiding you on the way, but there's no way they should still be there. <laughs> How long do glow sticks last? I don't think this long. Hundreds of years. Yeah, apparently, in the future, <laughs> they've perfected glow stick technology. But I did find it a lot of times difficult to find the next set of lights. Yeah, I guess you're supposed to be helpless and wandering at that point. It's more about atmosphere than gameplay at that point. Why is there thunder at the bottom of the ocean? I didn't, I didn't hear didn't that. Didn't you hear no, that? No. I was hearing it constantly. Why is there thunder down here? Is this what the ocean sounds like? <laughs> Maybe. Another part of the story that I just can't buy. I cannot suspend my disbelief for this one. Tao ran out of food. There are fish everywhere. Yeah. They don't have a way to 
catch fish here? How are they planning to survive? Um, yeah. Maybe it's like the whole kind of, like that thing where you can't survive on rabbits alone. People that get like in plane crashes in the, in the Yukon, they catch rabbits, but they die because rabbits don't have a certain vitamin. So you die of some kind of poisoning eventually. Maybe it's the same with fish. I'm sure there's seaweed around. There must be something. <laughs> we, we need potatoes in Tao. We're finally in Tao. And we get into a diving suit center. There is a creature here. Is this Acre? I've got no idea about this part, man. This was the one part that I was just like scratching my head like, what? It looks a bit like an astronaut. It looks like, no you, it looks like how I would imagine I looked. But yeah, this is the one where... It, it, was it follows kind of, you, yeah. but doesn't attack you. It was kind of funny because you would walk up to it and it would back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you run into it, it does kill you, though. Does it? Okay. I never really experienced that. I would only walk up to it slowly and it would just keep backing yeah, up. Yeah, it's like a mirror image of you almost. There's one point where it got in my way, and so I just kept doing that dance until I could get around mm. it. Yeah, I've got no idea what that's supposed to be. You do find someone alive in the infirmary. Uh, it's Sarah. She talks to you and you have to choose whether or not to take away her life support. She asks you to. Mm. So did you remove? Yeah, so did I. Basically, you have the arc, though. So there, there's a whole lot of other stuff you have to do to get to it, but you do get the arc, and then you walk around with it. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, that I, I didn't mention before that I wanted to, there are a lot of humans that seem to still be alive, but you don't seem to get to interact with. So what was your take on those? Because here's a person who is alive. Now, she's not attached to WoW at all. Yeah. How... Do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Because I got really irritated that I couldn't at least talk to these people in some way. Um, you can. The, the, the first one you meet, you can talk to that's attached to the WoW because she, she, yes, she says, it's, keep, but, it's keeping me alive. But in the server room, there are about five. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's, there's tons. I guess it's the different degrees of how far gone they are. The first one you meet isn't obviously that far gone. So you get an idea. It does explain what the WoW is doing. And she's totally not connected to the WoW. She's on, like, life support herself. So, yeah, no, I, I had no problems with that at all. Yeah. I did expect them to say, like, out of, you know, like, the old... Kill me a, or a, something. A, alien thing, you know, kill me. But they didn't do anything, and I found that really irritating. I felt like they should do something other than just moan. Well, they could barely breathe, yeah. But, no, like, like I said, the first one does talk to you, and then they just can't cut it from the rest, yeah. We take the arc, we put it into... The bullet that's going to shoot it into space, we have to make that whole thing work. We have to keep taking this battery and going from place to place to get it there. And then we have to follow the arc. There's a kind of annoying puzzle, I guess we could call it, where we're trying to move the arc along to get it there on this conveyor kind of claw thing on a track. But we have to fill up the room with water. The pipes aren't reaching under the water, so it isn't filling. But that didn't make any sense to me because it's water. It's going to fill up the space either way. You didn't notice? I've not got to that part again. I've forgotten that puzzle. Okay. But along that way, that's where we (laughs) get into a tunnel. And then there's a convenient path that we have to crawl through as Simon. And this is where that voice says, this is where it all went wrong. This is site alpha. And at this point, we get into the the heart of WoW, which is a giant thing, just like everything else that we've seen. And this is where what you think is Acres is telling us to kill it, right? We have to choose to poison it 
or to not poison it? Neither choice matters. I've tried it both ways. Have you? Okay. I chose to poison it, which you're rewarded with by losing a hand. <laughs> Yay. I did have an interesting thought that what if the WoW is the prequel to the Matrix? And the Matrix is actually in the Ark and it somehow incorporates the Ark and then repopulates the surface. And that is the Matrix. Mm. It's pointless, but I thought it would make sense. Yeah. This is the rise of the machines. Dawn of the planet of the machines. <laughs> you say neither choice matters? No. you. If you don't do anything and, and you walk away, you get the same, more or less the same cutscene. He brings you back and you are forced to do it. So you can choose not to, but then you are... Oh, so either way you have to do it. Yeah. All right. I'm okay with the idea that he had this toxic gel and you just happened... That's the only gel that you saw, so that's the one you picked. I'm okay with this section of the story. I think that that works pretty well. But I still feel like I'm not sure this is Acres. I don't know who this voice is or what's going on. It just seems to be happening. We kill WoW, and this is where we get to deal with... The battery we have to keep moving to get the arc into the shell and then get the shell moved into the chute that I think is a really cool concept. I will give it this. Using the deepness of the ocean, the electromagnets, the, I assume, some of the buoyancy perhaps of the ocean, using all those things together to shoot things into space without needing fuel, I think is a Genius concept. It would be great if it would actually work. Yeah. But getting the shell into the tube is not genius. <laughs> I just felt... The the UFO catcher game. Yeah. yeah. It's not terrible, but it just felt like there would be a better way to do this than the way that it was set up. I don't know how, how else you would load a, a shell into that. Oh, thing, no. I, I think that's fine. I, it's the actual me doing it that felt a bit awkward because I was moving it over and there wasn't an option to turn it sideways. So for a long time, I didn't want to drop it in because I thought it was going to drop and fall off and do something stupid and I'd have to find a way to pick it back up again. I didn't realize it would automatically turn for me. So maybe again, maybe it's not the actual machine or the way it's run, but the fact that I have no knowledge of it. And it just seems like if it was going to automatically turn it, it should have just done that from the beginning so I wouldn't be confused when it got to the end. Right. But this is where, you know, once it's loaded, Catherine says, we're going to get in the pilot seat and we're going to be transferred over. At what point I went, really? Yeah. Because I don't buy it for a second. Because we've been here before. Yeah. So we get in the seat and we're being copied over and it looks like it's not going to work. And then it does and... Simon is angry because he feels like he should be over there. And Catherine says, how many times do I need to explain this to you? You're kind of an idiot. And I agree because even though I don't think that's the way it should work, I completely agree that he's been told this twice now. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, he's stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not stupid. He's human. And he, he had hope. And she was stringing him along for all the... Do you really think so? Because he's been told twice. He's seen this twice now. He's experienced this. Yeah, but he... She told him, quote, it's a coin flip. She gave him hope when it was in the chair the first time. She said, sometimes you get transferred, sometimes you don't. And she lied to him. Oh, okay. See, I didn't buy that coin flip business at all. So I guess he's just very naive. Yeah. 
And you're left stuck as Simon. Yeah. In this place. And then during their fight, Catherine breaks down, literally, and he can't talk to her anymore. So now he's alone. Yep. Well, in your version alone, in mine, he can go back to that other place because I left the other Simon alive. They can just hang out with each other. Oh, yeah. Simon, 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 hanging out. Yeah. Yep. After the credits, you get to go on the arc and you see it's this lovely park area. You get to take the survey again if you want to. And you get to see Catherine. Yay. You know, <laughs> stuck with Catherine for eternity. Well, and everybody else. Well, we didn't see anybody else. No, but they're all in that city across the water. We can hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you can get to see Brandon again and say, I'm sorry about all those times I killed you in the city. But he won't remember it. But he won't remember it. Yeah. This is where I don't buy into the story. I don't feel as sad here. There's something for the Simon stuck in Tao alone. I'll give you that. But they're files. It's kind of hard for me to feel sorry for these files. They haven't really given it the same kind of gravitas. They haven't given it the same kind of humanity or feeling that, say, Tron did originally, where you start to really get to know these characters. I felt like I didn't really, I didn't know Amy before I had to pull the plug on her. I didn't really know pretty much anybody except for Catherine, who I'm not excited about. She had one job she understood and she couldn't explain that one to me. I felt like throughout the whole story, I'm just being told to go to the next step. And I'm not really given that that sort of character feeling that I, I should be getting. But I take it from the way you're looking at me that you did feel that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love this game. It was great. I can't really say anything else about it. That uh, I agree with the people that have reviewed it on Steam, I guess. I, I'm in the majority here. I, guess, I, just, I, I love the ending, how the arc is such a contrast to what you've been plowing through the entire game. The darkness, the underwater stuff, just kind of really hellish kind of place that you've been through. And then you get to this brightly colored trees. I love that ending. Uh, I loved how you got both sides of it. You got the really dark Simon is alone forever and the angry ending. But then you also got to see the other Simon who, well, the, the third Simon, I guess, who goes onto the arc. Yeah, no, I, I, I like everything about this game apart from one or two puzzles. Yeah. The atmosphere was really good for me. Uh, but again, I'm I'm a huge walking sim fan. And yeah, you're right. This game is very walking sim-ish. Yeah. Which is why it just didn't work for me. The puzzles weren't interesting. And I felt I wasn't guided enough to really understand what I was doing. And like you said, there were a couple that had mandatory fail. Yeah, that's a big problem. And the story itself, I think it's an interesting concept about what is a person really leading into things like this story reminded me a lot of surrogate with bruce willis where I, you know i don't want to get into spoilers for that but in this story you're essentially deciding what makes a person it's according to them clearly not flesh and blood it needs to be beyond that but at what point with these brain scans does a person become a person and are we required to keep all the copies of all of them then it gets into even trickier, more sticky philosophy than I think even they're wanting to jump into. Like many stories, I think it brings up a lot of interesting concepts, but I don't feel like it follows through very well. Fair enough. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Today, we are going to discuss actually two games. 
The first of which is Dr. Lengiskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, the Whirlwind Heist, a title that is almost longer than the game itself. The game that I could never pronounce. The other game we're going to talk about is The Beginner's Guide. Why we're doing these two together is both of the main people behind these were behind the Stanley Parable, which we've talked about before, and we were both really big fans of. Even within the loading screen, it starts to give you hints about the game that you'll never actually get to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, like to crouch, do like, yeah. use air vents to escape guards. <laughs> which you'll never get never to Never see. All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps.